0: Thank you, Brian. This is one of the nice things, is I can take this off and not feel guilty about it. Ah, that is good. Though I have to confess that you guys are all part of a dark and deep conspiracy. (laughs) I've I've been here twice, and I had to find Penny's Donuts on my own. I know you want to keep them all for yourself, but... Um, I found them and I have two in my car still so I will enjoy those Um, it's great to be with you again Um, one of the things that I found is this time I had a chance to um, walk through um, downtown Logan which I hadn't had the opportunity to do for do so before we had uh, breakfast at what was it Hocking Hills Diner and then I had a meeting, a youth meeting for pizza at Pizza Crossings, I guess it's called. And so I had a couple hours and I was able to walk around downtown. And one of the things that I found was um, you have a display there that's very interesting. Um, I did a, we had a conference in Malaga, Spain. And it's Malaga is on the Mediterranean coast, almost to Gibraltar, just near the entrance to um, the Mediterranean as the Atlantic flows through. And um, we're getting feedback. Is that something I need to do, or you got that? Okay. Um, and one of the things that we found was that um, Malaga. We were at the conference and we hadn't realized it, but they did a big Christmas pageant there each year. They made all the, the main street in their town. They just lit with a beautiful light program and things. But one of the things that they did is, how many of you have seen that little thing of Bethlehem on the downtown with the villages? That is a very Spanish form of Christmas expression. And so in the city of Malaga, all the major churches all the major government buildings put on displays that are even larger than what you see in, at Bethlehem, but akin to it. And they put in sound, they do lighting, um, and they do um, measured so that the, um, the pieces in the distance are smaller and the big pieces are up front, so you get a scope of things. And they get 150 to 250,000 people who fly into Malaga from all over Europe to watch that. So you guys are on the first steps to having a quarter million people from Columbus coming to visit you. Okay, just a little bit more work. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll be happy to just... Um, my brother lives in Augusta, Georgia. When the... Um, um, the um, master's tournament goes on and he says the one thing you do not want to do is leave your home when the master's tournament is on because everything is crazy so yeah do that for Christmas you'll have a perfect excuse just to sit at home and that but it it was good and it was fun to see that here and here in Logan Um, one of the things that we can do I'll put on let's put on the first slide so I don't jump ahead of things Um, This is my family. Um, Joanne was here for two days the last time we were here. She's speaking in Chardon, Ohio today at the Alliance Church there, and we're sharing the ministry. And this is my family. Um, On my left is my daughter, Alyssa, and her husband, George. They're the techies in the family. Um, They do programming, teach. um, She's teaching programming Um, he does he's a cto for an organization and they keep busy in san diego and their dream is they have a boat a 42 footer and they want to sail it george has some physical problems so they want to have an adventure before they settle down and have a family so we'll see i'm a definition for a boat you know how ford is fix or repair daily a boat is bring out another thousand. <laughs> okay. So they, they are in the throes of um, learning all about those things. On, my, on the right of my wife, um, the tallest one is my son Trevor. And he's got a dynamic life. He um, is an artist. Um, he does wood burning. And he's just about the point where he can do that full time as a living. And so he's starting to make a jump there into that. Um, He did log cabin repair with his father-in-law as he built up his business. Um, When you think of log cabins in Maine, start thinking about 10,000 square feet. Okay, these are really mansions, and they've done a lot of work. He knows Stephen King. and does a lot of work for him his wife is a um, another computer programmer and let's see any teens here today if you know what manga is and anime she's um she does designing for that and she's writing her own anime, anime programs and writing her own manga novel and so she's very interested in that and wants to instill christian values into those writings so it's um An interesting family we have. The one reason I put family up front is I just want you to realize that um, my kids are doing wonderful. Um, I don't know if you've got children, but I've um, I've got the best first two children in the world. You could have the third, fourth, or fifth spots, but I've already got the first two spots. And the reason I put my family up there is I want to encourage you as parents and grandparents to realize the best spot for your children is in the hands of God, not 100 yards down from where you live, okay, if you begin to catch that. Um, Oftentimes the biggest um, challenge we have to raising up missionaries within the Christian Missionary Alliance are the parents and grandparents who don't want their children to leave the nest, or only to leave the nest one hour from where they live. And they want to keep them close. And one of the things you have to realize is that if you put your children in the hand, and our children went to boarding school 1,200 miles from us, from first through 12th grade, we homeschooled for one year. We asked what they wanted to do. And without a sec, this is when your par- parenting gets hard. Without a blink of an eye, they said, well, we want to go back to BFA. And so they've been away. But we entrusted them to God, and they are great kids. Trust your children to God and entrust the Lord and say, Lord, do Your work in their lives, and God will do it. Now, um, George and Alyssa live in San Diego. Um, I'll go over this way, and Alyssa, um, Trevor, and Corinne live in near Portland, Maine. I'm over here. My Joanne's brothers in Minnesota. My brother is in Augusta, Georgia. So my life gets complicated at times and that but god will still use that and do not fear sending your kids um, allowing god to have your kids overseas it works and um, just to encourage you with that next slide Um, americans are um, the polite way of saying it is geographically challenged the Europeans just have a different word for you guys. But um, um, just to show you where Ukraine is, it's in the red. It used to be part of the Soviet Union. It's a country of about 40 million people. Um, like, like the United States, it's fighting COVID. I checked yesterday. They had 12,000 new cases in their country. Um, they've, um, they're running on a second level of quarantine now. Um, two levels. there's a different level during the week and on the weekends. Um, it's a much stricter policy so that today 13, 14 15 16, 17. Um, this, this section and this section, you've got to leave, <laughs> because they're only allowing 20 people uh, to meet at a maximum as a group, even in churches right now. Um, they do mask checks. If you're going into their equivalent of Walmart, gro- um, Silpo so is their grocery store. Um, you go in. You have to wear a mask. They check your temperature. Then they will give you gloves so that you that you have to wear to get in, get your cart, and roll around. They're trying to be that strict right now, to um, try to keep it under control. Um, to the north is Belarus. Um, and that's a country that's also been in the American news um, the last dictator of Europe is there and right now there are some political marches and I'm not sure how things are going to go there the eastern part where we border with Russia is where the fighting is and um, there are two regions that are tried to break away from Ukraine with encouragement from um, Russia and um, there's a lot of struggle there, and it's developed our ministry. Um, 1.5 million people were displaced by the fighting there. Um, up to 13,000 now have died in the last five years. And it's an ongoing struggle. But um, Ukraine is there. They love Americans. Um, you, don't need a, you just need your passport. If you just show up with your passport, um, they'll let you in and spend your money for 90 days. They really like American money, by the way. <laughs> Um, And that, its um, I have a great ministry of propaganda. Anybody like chocolate? We have restaurants that are just chocolate on the menu. Okay. Um, Anybody like coffee? Okay. My house to the Metro Center is 300 yards. I pass 10 coffee cafes that you can get to. So, um, yeah, you talk to me. I can appeal to your worldly side very easily <laughs> that and that. But it's a fun country to be in, and it is great. Um, next slide. Um, these are the people we work with. This is not Photoshopped, <laughs> OK? <laughs> um, just think about that for a second. Um, right next to me is Vitali. He's a nice, normal person. He's one of the leaders in the second church plant that we work with. and he's great. On his left, um, on, on your far left is Sergey Gutz. He's the national worker we work with. Um, he's about six foot seven. His son is six, eight, and he's got two brothers that are taller, okay? So um, it's nice um, being back in the States where I, when I meet with leaders and stuff like that, it's basically eye level. Um, but um, Sergei and Timothy are fun to work with. Sergei is a gregarious um, bear. He likes everybody and that. Um, and he's always got a plan for your life or your pocketbook. And one of the things I have to learn with working with Sergei is how to say no to um, many of his ideas. He's a generator of ideas. And he's very fun to work with. Um, Sergei is very, um, how do you say it? Um, He's much more in tune with the music styles of Bill Gaither and... Um, the more traditional gospel music would be the equivalent of, but of course in the Ukrainian language or Russian language forms of those um, Timofey who's on the far right is his son and Timofey is the pastor for the um, first church plant that we have and Timofey is a great guy um, very humble um, but he, his favorite music is Christian rap he writes and likes to sing Christian rap, so when father and son get together to try to plan an event, um, we have interesting conversations. To um put it that, um, put it minimally, but it's always fun to work with them. So um, go to the next slide, if you will. Um, I'm going to share th- um, the work of what we're doing in Ukraine, but couch it in three scripture verses. Um, the first is say. Say not that there are four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the field, for they are ripe already unto harvest. And just a reminder that God's work is always there. And all we have to do is lift up our eyes to the Lord and ask him, and he will provide. The work is unfinished. It's unfinished in Ukraine. We have about oh, maybe 5% of the country that would be um, considered um, Christian if you take all the different groups together, including within Orthodoxy. Um, so we still have 95% of the country to evangelize. If you take all the churches in, Lo- in the Logan area, add up all those people that attend, I bet you will find that 50 to 60% at least of the population of Logan still needs to hear the gospel. And the world is changing. Um, You are in the third largest mission field in the world here in the United States. First, um, it's always a battle between India and China for the number one or number two spot. Those switch back and forth based on how their populations go yet um, Russia, um, Soviet Union, used to be number three, but when it broke up into the, um, all its 13 different countries at the, when the Soviet Union fell, fell apart, um, the United States moved up into that third place category. And so there, um, you're on a mission field. Um, congratulations, you graduated, <laughs> you're in. Um, And that, um, just to remind you, to show you that, um, we have about 2,000, 2,500, I forget how many churches we have in the United States now, 2,000, 2,500 churches, uh, alliance churches that are meeting right now during the morning. Um, What percentage of those use English as their worship language? Any idea? Two-thirds. No, only about 60% of our churches use English now as their main worship language. 40% of our churches now use um, a a second language to do it. In my church in Chula Vista, um, where I grew up, we have a regular congregation, English-speaking. We have a Spanish-speaking congregation. We have a Filipino-speaking congregation as well. And so um, Missions is coming to the United States. And um, you need to um, realize that around Logan, that you have maybe not the same percentage that we have overseas. We've got 95% of population that doesn't know the gospel. But you guys are still in the 50% range. Um, open up your eyes and see what God is doing See and find where God's work is. I was so excited when I first came here. You get this ch- um, the sanctuary was all chairs, and it was full of kids. It was on a Wednesday night. And I was excited. I'm, I um, when Pastor Brian was um, talking about the um, worship services, uh, um, giving on um, no, getting ahead of myself. On Tuesday, passing out food and the involvement in the community. Um, yes, look around, find where God's work is. And God can use things that make our life difficult. Um, I'll be speaking to that, that's um third point down. But God can use the difficulties in our life and our life situations to speak to people who are non-Christians and to show them the way of faith and to be open to that. Um, next slide, so I don't get too far behind. Um, the next verse is being confident of this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Um, we sang a song this morning, and let me, I wrote it down. Where did, I, ooh, where did I put it? Yeah, there we are. Um, Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Did you sing that this morning? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? God will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Um, If I make a mistake on the mission field, if you make a mistake at the church or in your family or something, you know what? God can overcome it. He will bring his work to completion. No matter how much you are opposed for your faith, no matter what goes on, God will bring it to completion. He'll do it in me. He'll do it in you. He'll do it in this church. He'll do it in Ukraine. And that's both a grace and a challenge. Because you know what? The minute you get one thing down that's right and you go, I'm a good Christian. I've got patience. God will say, okay, good. Now, Let's talk about uh, grace of giving. Or you say, I've got love. And you say, good, I'm going to teach you patience. God is always at work trying to bring your life into a completion. And part of that is the joy of God at work in your life. But it's also a challenge, especially I'm heading toward retirement. I'm beginning to think that way. I've got one full term left, and then I'll be... I'm, you know, I know I look like I'm 19, but I'm not. Um, and when I return, I'll be 67 on coming back from this, this next stage. So I'm beginning to think about retirement. But one of the things that I have to plan into my retirement is that God is still going to want to work in my life. I do not graduate from God's working and bringing me to completion until I see him when my knee will bow before him. And to encourage you in that. Now, overseas, um, what does that mean for ministry in Ukraine? Um, First of all, that God has his plan and he's going to make it work. When we started ministry, and I spoke about this four years ago, um, our ministry to refugees, that's not where we were heading. We were heading to work in an entirely different direction and guess what? We fell flat on our face. Have you ever tried to home plan, plan a um, job where, um, doing a home project or something, only to have every, you think you've got everything organized, and then everything kind of just falls apart? Well, that's what happened to us. Um, the Lord opened up um, what we thought was a door to working with soldiers coming in from Coming in from the front. We tried to set that up. We still have a small um, work with the military hospital, but what we'd planned for church planting and all that just never materialized. Um, Sergey put a note on a friend's website, just a small note. It said, If you are a refugee and have a need, call. And he put his cell phone number. He started getting phone calls immediately. And um, just remember what I said about Sergei, he's ideas and doesn't necessarily think through details. So um, the first phone calls, he was surprised that he got any. But he said, "Your first need is spiritual. Um, we'll try to have some, some food packets for you. Come to a Bible study on Tuesday night." Um, a few hours later, he calls me up and says, We need a Bible study at your home on Tuesday night, and we did that. And so we had um, two people come, and both those people accepted the Lord that night. Soon we had 27 people in my living room. Um, We eventually outgrew that. Um, We started doing. um, We started our first church plant, but we were doing it with the with the food distribution and the Bible study. And all of a sudden, our 20 group of 25 became 40, 60, 80. Um, On the the fourth Sunday, we were already over 120. But most of those were refugees who were coming strictly for the food. And so it was very disruptive to actually doing a worship service. So we moved the program to Friday. And... um, we thought we'd get less people because it wasn't a weekend. We had 135 that, that Friday. We, we gave a gospel presentation. We gave out food. Um, it was soon was over 200. We couldn't fit any more in. Um, um, Paul and Nancy were telling me when before you built this, the hall over there was the sanctuary, and they described how tight that it was. Um, guess what? Ours was just as tight. So we started, and it continued to grow. Um, Soon we were approaching the 400 figure, and we weren't sure what God was doing. Um, But God kept using it, and people came to the Lord. People started getting baptized. And over the course of five years, we've helped about 4,000 people stabilize their lives um, from the fighting, the refugees, and get settled. Um, we've seen hundreds of them baptized. Now, the thing is, you have to realize for baptized, when do you think people most li- are more likely to come to Christ? And, uh, you can say, if, if you're wrong, don't worry, I'll tell you you're wrong. If you're right, um, the pastor will buy you a dozen pennies donuts or something like that. Um, what, what age do you think people come to Christ normally? Think about your own experience. Yeah, teens and 20s. Our people were 55, 65, 75. And we've seen hundreds of them come to Jesus Christ. We've had almost two, near 200 baptisms that we've been able to work with. God has done incredible things. And we never had the finances for it. Um, when it started getting it, um, we had a two-week window of opportunity. Two weeks of funding, and then we'd have to shut everything down. And the first two and a half years that we were doing this, um, Sergei would look at me, and I'd look at Sergey, and he'd say, do you have any money? And I'd say, do you have any money? And we'd say, no. And we're going to say, What's Where it's going to come from? And for two years, it, two and a half years, it was like that. Um, we um, We were saying, okay, we've got two weeks, and then we'll shut down. I think we got one, one time we were ecstatic. We had a month of operation left. And we could stay open for a month without, fe- without thinking of anything else. But it was all done by faith. And it was done without a lot of skill on our parts. God presented it to us, kind of forced it upon us. But God used it in incredible ways. We've seen healings um, we've had people come. Now, the medical system in Ukraine is fair to Midland. Um, one reason they take um, COVID much more seriously is they know their medical system can't handle a lot of problems. Um, in, when we were up in Minnesota in August, I was in, there was a story um, that... Um, The federal government had released 130,000 intubation units that they didn't need. And so instead of paying to hold them in case of an emergency, they had let them go to wherever market they were available. Um, We only have 50,000 intubation units in the whole country in Ukraine. And so people know the medical system is not good. We've had um, older people come up to us And they say they've identified a mass, which they assume to be cancerous, inside me. Um, I don't have the money for surgery. Um, They don't know if they can do if I do the surgery. I don't know if I'd live. Will you pray? And we pray for them. And they go to the doctor, and they have to go to the doctor again for rechecking because the first test said there's nothing there, and so they get tested. And we've seen that. Um, I've got friends who've been on their deathbed with TB, who walk, who've been from drugs or whatever, and they walk away alive, completely healed. I've seen people who've, um, Sasha um, was a um, drug addict. Um, He um, was HIV positive and was on the medications and all that but he was going to want to get married, and he didn't want his children to catch HIV from him. And he said, will you pray? And we prayed. Um, He went in, and they went in again, and he went in again, and his body has no no sign of HIV at all. Um, God does miracles at times. And we see those things. Your assignment tonight, Um, This month, read the book of Acts and realize everything that is there is still for the church today. Um, Demons still run at the name of Jesus. Um, Those things happen. Let's see, make sure I've got that. But um, those things are just part of what God is doing in Ukraine, and part of it is thank you for your prayers. Now, there's another part of that. There's the good side where you see the strong working of God. Okay, And everybody likes those stories. Okay, Everybody wants to know God is healing. God is doing great things. Thousands are coming to the Lord. Those are the positive things. But there is also a second, ver- second part of that in the next verse. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, I'm, I was born in Canada, raised in England. I'm a Mancurian from Manchester. Um, and so um, one of the things is I sometimes throw an English reference in there. That um, Do you understand the reference to Camelot? Now, some people are nodding their heads. Camelot is the time of King Arthur and the Round Table, where everything was that one brief spot in time when everything was perfect in the kingdom. It only rained in the evenings when it was you know, pr- good to do so. Um, everything was just absolutely perfect. And churches have Camelot times. And I've been part of them. Um, when we were in um, Ukraine, and we started the um, the um, the, uh, rehab- the um, well the rehabilitation center, but also when we did the um, started the refugee ministry program, we had those and was, those times are sweet. I don't know if you've had those times that are just wonderful when everything just seems perfect and that. But the thing is, they don't last forever. Um, In our sanctuary, um, where the um, sound music would be would be our kitchen. And so, um, you know what we had a discussion about? Whether you should bring coffee into the church or not on Sunday mornings, and that was an issue. Um, It's a small building, so remember, those of you who were, were cramped, we finally put in an air conditioner because in the summer, just like um, the weather between Ukraine and Ohio are similar. So summers, it's hot, you put you know, 130 people together in a small room, it's generating heat. And so we put it in and um, one of the cultural things for especially older Ukrainians, um, what causes pneumonia? Any ideas? And don't say germs or bacteria. It's cold drafts, okay? If you've got a cold wind on you, that's what's going to make you sick. And so, of course, the minute you turn on the air conditioning, what happens? All the older people in the congregation think you're trying to kill them, okay? And so there are battles over air conditioning. Um, And so some of the things that you you work with We have to work through too. Um, Sometimes just the ministry is where. How many of you work with with the children's clubs on Wednesday night? Okay. Um, That. Now, um, I want you to know I know you guys have it so easy. Your kids just always perfectly behave, they never do anything wrong, they listen to you attentively. And at your leaders' meetings, everybody always volunteers immediately for everything. And you get everything settled in 15 minutes, and then you go down to um, Pizza Crossing and just enjoy yourselves, right? Is, is that what happens? No? Oh, you've bust my bubble, I tell you. But um, sometimes ministry is hard work and you have to work through different issues, different personalities, and we have it here. Um, when Sergei and Timofey and some of the other leaders go, sometimes I wonder um, if the, we have a Wednesday night leaders meeting and I walk away and because of the language structure and friendship structures they have, they can be much more cruel to each other. They can yell and scream at each other and still consider themselves very tight friends. Okay, very different from American culture. And so um, they will do that. So on Wednesday night, I leave the meeting, and I wonder if I'm going to have a church group left for Sunday or on Friday when we do our refugee programs. And I come in on Friday morning, Friday, and I look at the leaders, and they just look at me, and they smile, and they put their arm around each other. And it's like I want to choke them <laughs> because all the emotion that I've gone through wondering if, I've got ch- if we've got anything left. And these guys have made up and are doing fine, but they, they know how to blow up at each other. It's a very different culture than um, what we have here in the States. Um, there's just sometimes fatigue. When we do a food distribution, a major one, we're f- providing food for 600, 700 people. And we're moving five to ten tons of food by hand. And we're, we're a small group. We're only maybe ten people. And that gets tiring at times, especially when you're doing it every week. Um, but God um, provides, and if you don't grow weary, you'll reap a harvest. Um, when you read the book of Acts, there's some tremendous great miracles that are there. But also you have to understand that on the other side um, Stephen was martyred. Paul had to be lifted down from in a basket to have his life being thing. People were thrown in jail. And those things all go together. Um, My wife is an example of it. Um, You can pray when you have If you pray for us, and we greatly appreciate that, pray for Joanne and her health. Um, um, On the one hand, we saw great healing. My wife has suffered from um, thyroid um, issues, and she's been on medication for 18 years um, for a failing hypothyroid, which is a failing thyroid, I guess. Um, And that um, medication, she, standard medication she was on was no longer effective and the side effects were beginning to be negative. She switched to, an, to another medicine and it was great except it's not available in Ukraine and we can't get it. And so she was praying and she said she just felt the voice of the Lord saying, I've got this don't take the medicine. And she um, you've got to understand, my wife is rather conservative, and hearing something like that is rather disconcerting to her. But in Ukraine, um, one of the nice things we have is that if you want to get blood blood tested or anything like that, you don't need to go to a doctor. You just go to any medical clinic, and you tell them what they want, they'll give it to you. It's a great system um, in that way. Um, and so um, we went and she got the. And the first month, um, she didn't take the medicine. She was just below average. The next month, she was just within the um, very low, but within the acceptable level. The third month, she was in the acceptable, acceptable. And when we came back in six months and te- she got it tested in the States, um, the doctor says, You're fine. After 18 years, she didn't have to take that medicine. Um, Great story of praise. So back over here, God will bring it to completion. So over here, do not grow weary. Um, She was walking from our house to the center. We were doing an English film outreach. She got hit by a bicyclist, thrown six feet. She messed up her back and hip, and she's still recovering from that. Um, God is healing and helping and that, but let us not become weary in doing good. No, go back. Um, In doing good. Sometimes you will get weary. We get weary. We had a three, um, when we first came, we told you we had three hours to evacuate when things went bad. Um, This time, it's just been a lot of work. Two church plants and everything else that we've got going. There's stuff I can't speak about on, in this service because we're broadcasting. Um, but you can grow weary. But if you work through that and trust in the Lord, he will bring a harvest. So now, um, switch now to the next slide. Um, what are we going to do next next term? We're continuing to work and build the two existing churches um, and try to get those strengthened in Kiev. Um, but one of the things is that God opened uh, the door through COVID. I'll step down here because uh, up here you're supposed to be really spiritual. And down here you can just be stupid. <laughs> and just to remind you that missionaries sometimes can be stupid. Um, God opened... <laughs> a wonderful door for us through COVID. We had to completely shut down just like you did in qu- quarantine here. So we couldn't do our food distributions like we normally did. And it took us about two weeks, but we finally figured out how to do it on street sites. And we got all the people that were normally helping us. Um, we did the f- gathered the food up, but then we took it by vehicle to five particular spots that um, all the refugees were able to get to in five different sections of the city. And it worked out well. We were able to continue our ministry and that. But one of the things that happened during COVID was that, and as they came together in these five spots, is that people began to realize that they live near other people. It's like in this church, you have the nine nine o'clock um, people and then you've got the 11 o'clock people and you two may not know each other or see each other and then you've got the left side congregation and the right side congregations and um, both, both those services where you tend to talk with people more from the left side or from the right side and what this did with COVID was that all these people who lived near each other started getting together and they were saying oh you live here too, and so it was great, but these, these groups began to identify with themselves in that. Now the dumb part was is when we started, the um, quarantine was started, they, um, we went back to business as usual, and you know, just like here, you just are so happy, if this COVID thing passes and you can get all back together again, the, your small groups can all meet and you can, you, know, you can actually eat food together. I mean, in Ohio, if you can't eat food at a, at a meeting, it's an, it's an issue. And so um, we got together, and all of a sudden, the, different pe- all these five groups said, well, why can't you continue to bring the food out here And minister, it would save us an hour, hour and a half coming in because it's all public transportation. And my first response is, these people are so lazy. Why do they want, you know, why can't they just come in? We've got it set up. But then the Lord brought his hammer down. And he said, you've been praying for 10 new churches in Kiev. And I've opened the doors for you to be able to plant Five new churches. Those are groups that are meeting together. They want to be together. And so um, we're hoping that this next term we can turn them into Bible studies and turn them into churches. Now the problem is, is that our leadership is weak. And so from what I can tell two or three of those pastors who are going to be leading those groups are not even Christians yet and that but um, the Lord will provide and we'll be working so it's going to be fun our challenge is um, if you listen to the beginning part of the sermon this is where you um, have to wake up a bit what is the age group that we normally work with in the refugee ministry older people people, 55 60 now um, what is the average age of a person in this world anybody have an idea if you take everybody else, average it out, what's the average age? Hmm? 30? Um, keep that answer, you'll be using it in, in the next question. It's 28 years old. 28, anybody who's 28 here? Okay, um, if you're like me, you know, I don't like to call myself well above average, I just call myself A plus, okay? Um, but what's the average age of a Christian in this world? Hmm? 30. 30. That's the average age of a Christian in this world. Any 30-year-olds running around here? Close? Hmm? Close? What are you? 29. 29. And what's your name? Katie. Katie. Okay, so your job now, church, is to fill this place with 150 Katie's. Now, that might be a scary thought. I don't know. Um <laughs> But um, And so one of the things we have to do with this church plant is use this older base to reach down to their contacts, their family, and create a younger church. And I'm not sure how to do that as yet. Um, I'm just praying. So those are the things you can pray for, that we can actually reach out, um, build these churches, and make these churches young that can do the work of the Lord. I want to thank you for all that you guys have done for us, for praying. Um, if you'd like to continue to pray for us and you haven't, you don't get our newsletter, you can sign it up there. One thing, I am not a nurse, and I do not read doctor. So print clearly, okay, so we can understand what, what is going on. Um, but I want to thank you. Um, this last term, I've looked around, and... Um, as I've listened to stories and I've been in a number of Alliance churches now and I listen to the stories in the congregation and the people I've stayed with I am just amazed that you guys have time um, and the willingness to support missions um, to pray for us and that Um, some of you guys are going through tremendous issues on your own you're dealing with different things And yet you still take the time to pray for us. You still take the time to support us overseas. And I want you to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you have done. I'm your part of this. And there's so many more stories I could tell you, but we don't have the time right now. So I've lost track of Brian. Oh, there he is. Um, Come on up and thank you so much for letting me be with you today.